When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. Happy day, y'all. I am I'm back in the land of sunshine. I'm very excited. And my flight back did not have Wi-Fi. And it's actually funny because my flight going didn't have Wi-Fi either. But I was a bit more perturbed. Actually, I I fell in love on on the way there when it didn't have Wi-Fi. I fell so much in love because I was like, I got to catch my breath. I got to just enjoy reading, looking around. I didn't have to worry about checking emails. I didn't have to worry about missing a call. No one was able to get in touch with me. It was lovely. And the same thing, on the way back, flight did not have Wi-Fi. And I was like, you know what? You guys can keep this going. I'm getting so much clarity. And I recently heard that they said you actually shouldn't like watch TV or do anything wild when you're on your the plane. They say something to do with the altitude. You're so creative that you should do something that is really fun. So I would say like, think about your wedding if you don't have Wi-Fi, but I, I, I would say do something a little bit better, but I thought it was really cool. And I heard that and I, and it's, I actually applied it. So I got a book on the way back. I, of course, I did not know the flight was not going to have Wi-Fi, but there was this little, you know, steamy romance novel that kind of jumped out at me and I picked her up. It was about a girl in Brooklyn who kind of falls in love with a guy and then ends up kind of falling for the dad after a trip. Girl, it was, honey, it was hot and steamy. I, I, Anyway, so I get on my plane on the way back from New York to LA and the flight does not have Wi-Fi. And I ate that book up. I cried. It made me laugh. I was like, there's a friend in the book and the friend in the book sounded like one of my girlfriends, and it was it was hilarious. I great book. I'm going to tell you, the book is called "You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty." It is a New York Times notable book, and Shonda Rhimes even has a, a note in here saying like this is one of the best new writers. So if you're looking for a new steamy read, if you're going to the beach or something, because I read it on the entire, I read the okay, actually I read 75 percent on the plane. It was that good. And the moment I landed, I already had a a girl's soft life brunch set up. So I literally left from the airport, went directly to Soho House, had my favorite meal, which is avocado and hash browns for breakfast because I love fats. And (laughs) so met with my girls and I told them, I was like, guys, this book is everything. So 
I love reading. Right now I'm reading five different books at the same time. They're all open around my apartment and I'll just pick them up weirdly and just start reading and then put one down. I'm reading one on um, Japanese culture and like how to live a balanced life. Anyway, I could, I could talk about all the different books I read for forever. But anyway, this is a good one. It was really fabulous. And um, the author is Akwaeke Amezi. I probably killed that. And yeah, but they are a fabulous writer. Beautiful. Okay. This week's episode, we've got a sister girlfriend from Nolens. She's planning her Southern Bale wedding and her, her family kind of get in the way. And also her best friends are. So this is a little bit of a gossipy episode, not my usual aesthetic, but we're going to lean into it. She's got some DRAMA that she needs to get off her chest. And I wish you guys could see her face because she looks she looks like she's been through it and she needs some support. And we're just going to talk on this episode. And then Michelle Norwood, a very good friend of mine, she's a planner down in New Orleans. So if you're looking for someone to plan your New Orleans wedding, she's a great asset. But we talk about all the hoops and hurdles of like a Southern wedding, traditions and doing things in advance and permits. So let's get into it. Hey, Meryl, how are you? I'm doing okay. How are you, Fallon? I'm good. It's a it's sunny outside. Nothing can be going wrong right now. I'm, I, I live for the sun. How about you? <laughs> well, it's been sunny for a while here um, in New Orleans. Yeah, sunny and 95. We've had okay. a heat index of 115, so lots oh, of AC. Right. <laughs> hmm. All right. So your experience is a little different. Mine's still 75, but here we are. <laughs> so you're down in New Orleans and you're yes. having – you're from New Orleans? I am. Yep. Mm. Born and raised. Love. All right. Cool. Who are you getting married to? I am getting married to my lovely fiance, Eric. He is also a native New Orleanian. Uh, okay. We both lived here our entire lives. Love a New Orleanian. That's yes. a, I've, I've never <laughs> used that in a sentence till today. We're going to thank you for bringing that to our attention. You're so welcome. Uh, <laughs> so you and Eric are planning a lovely shindig down in New Orleans for about how many people? About 250. Okay. All right. Is that considered small for New Orleans or is that considered big for New Orleans? It's on the bigger side. I would say okay. standard is like 175 to 200. Yeah. All right. New Orleans is like convention city. Like whenever I think of it, I'm like, it's a place. It is the tourist destination, I think, in yes. the U.S. If I were to think of one major one. I mean, you got New York, but uh, New Orleans is pretty pretty high up there. <laughs> <laughs> she she's she's cutting it, it close. So, let's. When are you guys getting married? We are getting married um, in October. Okay, October of this year. Yes. And how long have you been planning? Um, since February of last year. So it's been a little while. Hmm. All right. So you had some a slow boat. Yes. But you made it. Well, sort of. <laughs> Not yet. You're almost, you're almost into the dock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're approaching. <laughs> All right. So when you set out on this journey, what was your initial intention behind having a wedding? Yeah, so we're both like very social people and we wanted to throw a big party to celebrate us and our future together and also mm -hmm. our families. We're both really family-centered people and have big friend groups and we really wanted to get everyone together for a big party and okay. 
celebrate us and the start of this new phase of our lives together. So love. Yeah. Celebrate the love. I'm here yes. for that. All right. Yes. Cool. So you guys both said, you know, we're, we're doing this wedding. You're going to do it well over a year. So February of 2021 or February of 2022? February 22. So February 22. So okay, it's 20 which, months of engagement. Thank you. Cause I was like, <laughs> Loading, loading yes. numbers. Yes. Wow. Okay, cool. So you had a you had a decent engagement. I usually recommend like 16 to 12. So you're in above it, but here yeah. we are. So, <laughs> so what was the first step you guys took into crafting a budget? Like how did you navigate that? Oh, that was rather complex. Hmm. Um, I have to say. I don't know if that was my least favorite. I think that I'll say that's my least favorite. My other least favorite was guest list, but they're kind of so <laughs> and, intimately and. connected that, you know, I can't really extricate either of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm very lucky in that my parents are contributing to the wedding. Okay. Um, so it was definitely a combination of, um, negotiating with them, Mm. I'll say. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were not exactly excited to negotiate. Mm. I'm the only girl. I'm the oldest child in my family. Mm -hmm. And so my parents really had no concept of what this would be like. And Mm. a lot of the budget negotiation process was my mom saying, oh, well, I got my completely custom made ball gown with like full on princess Diana ball gown made custom for $250. I'm like, okay, in 1987. Mom. Uh, right. It was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a little while ago. Things were a bit different. I mean, how much did eggs cost back then versus that part. $6 a dozen? Now? That so, part. Yeah. So it was definitely a negotiation and, um, figuring out expectations So my dad told me that he wanted me to tell him how much a wedding costs. Hmm. Because you you are a wedding professional and you know this information because – You know, I have watched a lot of Say Yes to the Dress, a lot of Four Weddings. You know, I'm basically Hmm. an expert. Clearly. (laughs) So, I mean, I – that was what I was told to do. So Hmm. I did – tried – tried my darndest. So I went and kind of did some market research and looked at um, all different vendors around New Orleans and looked at kind of what came up as the low, low budget ones versus Mm -hmm. the most extravagant. And I found Mm -hmm. something kind of in the middle for all of them for every vendor category Mm -hmm. and made a super detailed spreadsheet of you know, vendor categories and then how much each vendor was quoting me. And I made mm-hmm. a column for each of the vendors and then categorized the vendors into lower end of the spectrum versus higher end of the spectrum. And then presented all of those ranges for every different vendor type to my dad. And he said, that was too much information. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So then huh. he just wanted an average. So I took the average. I love numbers, thankfully. Took the average, gave that to him, and he said, "Okay, like this is the number." What was your average? So, average for 250 people in New Orleans is about 100k. If you want 
250 people for like an average nice average niceness. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. For okay. like for like a full church ceremony and you know full reception and all of that for everything included. Seated dinner or buffet. No. So seated dinners don't really happen in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I had no idea seated dinner was a thing until my friends started getting married and they're all from the north and I went to a seated dinner and I was like what are what are you doing? We don't just like get up and dance immediately. So in New Orleans, it's pretty typical to have a buffet and it's pretty typical that most people won't even make their way to the buffet. Um, they'll just be dancing the whole time, which is honestly kind of what I want. I mean, not mm. really because I'm paying a lot for the food, but like I want people to dance the whole time. So yeah. it's pretty typical to have password herbs. It's not normal to have a cocktail hour. You just go straight into the reception mm-hmm. and the party starts. And that's what I've always kind of experienced. So we're doing that. So we'll have password herbs for a little while. And then the buffet will be open for whenever. The whole time. Yeah. Pretty much the whole time. Yeah. I'm probably going to close it an hour before the end to make sure people aren't just eating the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. To get them on the dance floor. dessert. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A cocktail style reception has to be definitely one of my favorite formats as well. Just because I'm not a person that likes to sit down. Yeah. So I've only, before I started planning weddings, I'd only been to one wedding in my life. Oh my God. I mean, I'd been, I think I'd been to like my aunt's wedding, but I was like a little, I was like eight, you know? So it's like, I didn't really remember anything. And it was, I think it was, the reception was in the church basement or something. So it wasn't a wedding, but my first wedding was, I went to Paris, a friend of mine, her sister, it it was lavish, beyond lavish. I was like, oh, I got to do this for a living. This is amazing. (laughs) But it's sitting down for such an extended period of time. That's so boring to me. Yeah. I, (laughs) my first sit down dinner, I was so confused. They had a sit down for salad and then the band started playing and we were invited onto the dance floor and then had to sit back down. down. I was like, I was like, don't tip me. No. Don't tease me. No. I was I mean, no shade to that friend. It was a great wedding. It was super fun, but like, what? I 100% agree. Every I mean, different styles uh, I think there's some instances where a seated dinner really works for the type of family dynamic, for especially for the setting, whether it's there's a lot of reasons people have seated dinners which are absolutely lovely, and I plan mostly seated dinners. But when I get that one who says <laughs> I want to do a cocktail style reception, I'm like Honey, you've come to the right place. Let's dance. <laughs> You're like, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, because I, I am also the first guest. On, I'm usually the first person on the dance floor. I'm usually by the DJ booth or the band dancing by my my whole team records me dancing because that I is love me and Eric. to. Yes, <laughs> that's me and Eric at everyone's wedding. He's ripped his pants more than a couple times on a wedding dance okay. floor. And we're going to make so sure to have an extra set of pants for him. Yep. Yes. He had an extra set for the proposal. He's going to have an Love. extra set for the wedding. It's Love. already in, it's in the budget. <laughs> it's in the budget. Great. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. 
By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You did all this market research. You guys came to a number and you're feeling good about it. And I just want to say kudos to you for doing all of that legwork because when you went to dad and he was like, just tell me how much it costs. And you're like, baby, I have no idea. So you went and did your job. But there are so many other people who don't know how much it costs and they don't have the dad to pay for it at the same time. What would you do? You have a tip or advice for someone to do this in a smarter way now that you've done it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there are so many resources out there from past brides of, hey, you know, even the Knots website, sometimes vendors have their pricing PDF like on there, just full transparency, Mm. which is super helpful. But um, kind of looking at past brides and there are all sorts of forums and Facebook groups and whatnot and saying, hey, you know, I'm looking for a lower budget um, vendor for a florist. And you can find that pretty easily. Even if it's just something with like $1 sign next to the vendor name versus two. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that that's really helpful. But going in with an idea of how much you are comfortable spending and, Mm and not necessarily saying, well, this is what the vendor costs, so I have to pay this much. Precisely. Because then you get into this loophole of, wait, I actually don't have that money. Um, mm-hmm. So, And you're trying to keep up with something that isn't, is, you don't. Attainable. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, don't, don't even play the game. Yeah. Don't look at the, <laughs> like, don't look at the ceiling floral installations if you have a $5,000 floral budget. You know, it's yeah. just not going to happen. That alone costs $5,000. Exactly. So, Precisely. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think I think that's wise advice because I t- when I'm usually having a call with couples who are like, well, I have no idea how much money this is going to cost us. And I, the, the, generally the first thing I say is, well, how much do you want to spend on it? It's not how much it's going to cost. It's how much do you want to spend? It is one day. And what is a, a com- what is a number that you are comfortable with spending on this one instance? And I say, take that number, subtract 20% of it, because that's your over budget number. Plan the wedding for 20% less than what you have in the bank right now. And that's, that is your budget. And that's your operating budget. That's how you should do it. So it's like, buy the house, use that extra 20% to furnish the house. yeah I wish I wish I could have done something more like that because I definitely felt like I kind of got into a 
loop where I started booking vendors because I thought, oh, mm. this is the money that I have when maybe not really. Um, yeah. And Eric and I are both contributing personally as well. So we're kind of uh, getting into that rut now where it's like, oh, mm. wait, I forgot about, um, actually, it's not I forgot about. <laughs> it was all in the mm-hmm. spreadsheet, but it was like, oh, I forgot that I made a spreadsheet, you know, and mm-hmm. now it's actually coming time for booking all of these things. And we thought we were good and under budget and it's not really. So, yeah. Um, Having that cushion of contingency, especially as if you're planning it by yourself, because there's so yes. many things that are going to come out of that woodwork, specifically from venues and just last minute things that you're like, I didn't even know I needed that. So I think you did a lighting. great job, at least <laughs> lighting, light, lighting, sound, cost that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game changer. Things I thought Game just existed. I'm like, well, the sun and the, the chandeliers, the, but the sun goes no. down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taxes, the gratuities. Vibey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wire fees, sending money to people, ACH fees, all the other fees to send people money. Yes. Th- all those I little no nitty gritty. So always have an emergency fund outside of your wedding budget. Like that's just major pro tip as much as you can st- stash away. But also before booking a vendor, and I think you already did this before I book a vendor, I really look at that budget and I, I mean, mine is formatted and has formulas built in, but we'll put in all the numbers and we see exactly how this impacts everything else. And like, so there's a world in which either talk to a wedding professional in advance, even if you're doing a a consultation call with a wedding planner, just say, hey, this is what I'm thinking. How much do you realistically think it's going to cost me? And hopefully they can share some just soft life information with you. But I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on this budget because we could we could make this whole conversation just about that. But oh yeah, you're moving in the right direction. You're you're almost to the finish line, and now you're at the. You have a month of coordinator, which is great. Yes. But now you're thinking other events outside of the wedding. Talk to me. Yes. Yeah. So. Most people that are coming to the wedding aren't from New Orleans. And like you said, it's a destination. Like some people have been here a thousand times. Some Mm -hmm. people have never been and want to experience New Orleans. So I'm trying to find a balance between showing people the New Orleans I love and the New Orleans that Mm. Eric and I have experienced together and giving them enough time to do that on their own. We have a lot of people that are extending their trip. Um, so they'll be here a little longer. Um, our wedding's on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll be coming in like Wednesday and then leaving Monday and kind of looking at that. So we're thinking about doing something Friday night after the rehearsal dinner as kind of like a welcome. So it's the first official wedding event and it kind mm-hmm. of sets the tone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then contemplating something on Sunday, but I don't know if anyone actually really wants to do something on Sunday after a wedding or if they want to get out of town. Do you want to do something on Sunday after the wedding? I want to watch the Saints game. Eric and I are big Saints fans, so we'll be watching football somewhere. So my idea was just to have people watch football with us, but I don't want Mm -hmm. people to feel obligated to watch football with us. Then you do it exactly how you're saying. 
we are going to be watching football. If you'd like <laughs> to join us, we would love to see you. But here are a list of all of our favorite spaces and places in New Orleans that you have to check out. See you later. Thanks for coming. Love you. I think as someone who is a delicious introvert and plays an extrovert on television, as I say, <laughs> I don't want to spend this whole weekend at y'all wedding. Like, I love yeah. you and I'm so excited, but New Orleans is great. And there's too many restaurants I want to try. There's too many things to do outside and sites that I want to see. So I think you're heading in the right direction of you've got to welcome. That's a great thank you for everyone. Let's do something specific for the wedding day. The wedding is it itself. Afterwards, let people choose their own adventure. Also, that just helps keep costs down because sometimes you'll yeah. also feel in in like like I have to now cover the expense of this thing because I'm inviting all these people to come. It's another thing to coordinate. Take the stress off your life, sis, and just say, y'all, we are going to this bar. We will be there right before kickoff. Choose your adventure. We'd love to see if you want to come, but no pressure. And I think you'll be smooth sailing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Don't don't put any if if yeah. Don't I also put any don't want to host people and that part to miss the game. <laughs> pay for them. like that part. I want to watch the game, so because <laughs> you're gonna be trying to make sure everyone feels good and that they're taken care of, and you're like that. Ah. So, <laughs> so all right. So you've got some interesting dynamics with a friend. I have a lot of interesting dynamics right now. <laughs> What's going on with your friends and the and the and the and the best friend dating a fiance? Talk to me. What what yeah. what's the sauce? What's the tea? So the tea <laughs> is I've got two major pots of tea brewing right now. Oh my god! <laughs> One kind of boiled over. Um, okay. So the fir- the boiled over is my brother has had a long term girlfriend for multiple years. And it was moving in the wedding direction. He is younger, Aww. but it was longer term. They've known each other and been dating longer than I've known Eric. And, you know, she was part of the family, made her a bridesmaid. They <gasps> broke up. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like her as a friend. New Orleans is not a very big city. Everyone knows everyone. I've seen her. Twice already this week around town at mutual events. I, I like her a lot, but I just, she's not my going to be my sister-in-law anymore. So I told her, you know, uh, I, you know, I really appreciate you. She had helped plan bridal showers, <gasps> was doing all of the decor for my bachelorette. She's lovely. And it breaks my heart a lot to not have her. She's not going to be my sister-in-law. I feel like it would be weird to my brother to still have her in the wedding. Well, what did you tell you? What did your brother say? Yeah, he said he doesn't want her at the wedding. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad blood breakup, but he just said, well, she's not my girlfriend anymore. Why would you invite her to the wedding? Cause she was basically your wife all these other years, bro. Like I kind of got attached. Like, and now you just now you ended, and now I'm like over here. Like, she's so great. She did my decor. She did. She helped me. Oh my god. Right. So did did you talk to her? What'd she say? Yeah, I talked to her, and she said, you know, she'd still pay her portion of the bachelorette. <gasps> she's an angel. Oh yeah, I know. I'm really bummed that. They broke up. Oh, yeah. 
So I recently have been thinking, is it a horrible idea to bring her on The Bachelorette still? Hmm. Because I have a relationship with her outside of my brother. And he doesn't want her at the wedding. And my brother comes first. And I know that it's a no-no to invite people to wedding events that aren't invited to the wedding. But this is just a weird (laughs) in-between where I really like her. I think she contributes something. But she's not. She doesn't have the same relationship that she did when I first invited her. Okay. I think that's valid. Understanding you got a family first, as some people would say. So you have to honor your brother and his, if this is going to make him kerfuffle, don't invite the girl. But I agree about the bachelorette party. All, I, and I think I say this every episode, just talk to the girl and tell her this is your intention. Like, hey, as you can see, I'm in a sticky situation. You and my brother... I got to lean with him like it's family. That's that's just from an integrity standpoint. But tell her, I would really love for you to still come on the bachelorette party if you're down. Because like you just said, you bring so much to the table. You're great. You're nice. We have our own relationship. But for the wedding, it's just going to be a little tricky. How do you feel about that? And say, l- give her the out of like, I completely understand if you don't want to attend anything and you never want to see me again. But I would still love to celebrate my wedding with you in some way, shape or form. What do you think? Yeah, I like that idea. Just laying it all out on the table and giving her the option. Yeah. Yeah, let her feel it too. Because imagine what she's going through. Yeah. And you're, I mean, everyone's going through everything. Yes, I know it's like I'm planning this whole wedding and y'all have to have this drama around it. Like, can't everyone just stay together and do their jobs until October? But yeah. All right. I feel no, you. It's not going to happen. So that's the easy one. <laughs> Oh, oh, that, huh? (laughs) Lay it on me, sister. What's my next pot? (laughs) My next pot is just a sizzling. And I've got two best friends. The three of us have been three musketeers since middle school. Just best of friends. We've done everything together. We spend all our time together. We've always talked about they were going to be co-maids of honor in my wedding and vice versa. It's always going to be the three of us forever and ever. Amen. Until it wasn't. So Mm. one of them started dating one of Eric's best men because Mm. Eric also has two best friends. Okay. And so one of my best friends starts dating one of Eric's best friends And it's going great. We kind of set them up, but not really. We just put them near each other and helped them realize how much they have in common. And it's great. We're so happy for them. They just moved in together. They're traveling in in Spain right now. Like having a blast. They're going to get married. It's going to happen. But my other best friend, the other member of our trio, is not a fan, I guess, of the boyfriend. There's some bad blood. And mm. it has, I think there's been miscommunication and basically everything is just escalated and escalated to the point where my trio is completely shattered. They don't speak to one another anymore. 
They refuse to be in the same room as one another. What? But they tell me, oh, don't worry. We're going to be totally fine for your bachelorette and your bridal shower and your uh, wedding. How? Right. I, <laughs> girl, <laughs> I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Um, like, they are double buying bachelorette things and saying, oh, hey, like, I got those tote bags you wanted for the bachelorette. And the other girl is saying, I just bought the tote bags for the... Mm-hmm. So now I've got like 24 tote bags and <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. All right. What's on your heart right now to do? I just want everyone to be friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When does the one get back from Spain? Uh, next week. Is there a world in which you plan a date? Everyone has to show up and y'all got to talk this out. My mom and Eric are already there. They're like, we're going to sit them down and tell them Mm -hmm. they are being selfish, their best friend, but. I don't want to say, I don't ever want to say people are being selfish when we have no idea what's going on internally with themselves that is causing them to react like this. So you got to say, look, girls, we've been in this game for far too long for some man to come between us. So I need, I need the girl who's getting saucy with the people who are in love to come to terms with, is she single? Yes. You're the one getting married. And now this girl got a boo and she's still left by herself. Yeah. It sounds like she's just saucy because she is solo out of the three musketeers. Yeah, that could be it. I think there's a lot of complicated feelings involved Mm. that I won't pretend to understand, even though I know these people. For all your life. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But there are feelings, and I don't want to invalidate their feelings. Yes, I agree. But I need them to not make their feelings ruin your situation. Yeah. Because it's the shadow, it's the cloud that's hanging over a time that you should be excited about planning, getting this bachelorette situation. And right now, it sounds like your brother's ex-girlfriend is probably your only champion right now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's like, and like, you have to kick her out the wedding. So it's like, <laughs> there's so much ahead of you. Like what we should be doing is drinking wine and assembling invitation suites. But now I have to choose one person to do that because they can't be in the same room. And then the other one's going to be upset that they didn't get to do it. So, So, okay. Part of me thinks there should be a world in which you do have a conversation with the one who is saucy at the relationship to ask her, girl, what is really going on? We have to talk about this. Let's get it all out on the table. What are you feeling? And there even may be some things that are underlying that she doesn't even know why she's feeling it. But it's just continuing to ask her the question of like, okay, why is that? Why is this? What do you, to get to the bottom of it, like, I value our friendship. I value you. And I really want you to be your best self. Like, tell me what's going on. What am I missing? And try and get those two girls in a room to make up. But put a deadline on it and say, if you guys are not your best selves, we're going to have to figure something else out because I cannot have a wedding morning where you guys are acting weird and I can't focus on my wedding day. What's that about you? That's my greatest (laughs) fear, you know, is that someone gets hurt, but seriously, their feelings are really, really hurt. and. My greatest fear really is that I lose one of these relationships Yeah, in this situation. Maybe because 
I put too much importance on my wedding. Mm. But they keep saying, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. But all evidence points to It's not going to be fine. Yeah. And I, I'm an epidemiologist. Like I work with evidence. I need the data to show me a positive (laughs) trend. And right now it's. It ain't. Okay. So understanding where you're at now, I think where your mom and Eric are is what kind of needs to happen. But I also think it's having very serious in-person conversations with each of them to say, how do we resolve this? Because right now you've added another thing on my to-do list for my wedding planning experience that I did not foresee. And you're not even a vendor that I'm paying. And you're not even paying me. This is this has to end. What do we do? And let and let them have at it. I wish you the best there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Need tell, it. tell them call me because I I told y'all about these wedding parties. They bring I on know. that stress that's unnecessary. I'm telling I you. I know. I should have listened. I mean, I y'all can sit down. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's gonna work itself out for the best, and everything that will happen should happen. And at the end of the day, you and Eric will be married no matter who was in the getting ready or at the bachelorette party. So that's your focus. There you go. There you go. All right. You're having a New Orleans wedding and New Orleans weddings and even just Southern weddings. And as a Southern girl and a debutante myself, Uh um, are you a deb too? I was not. I was not. I, uh, I went to college young, so I didn't have the chance to make my debut. Because <laughs> you're a genius. That's why. So, uh, <laughs> well, there are some things that we want to talk about. We got an expert that I want to bring on because you had some questions about traditions and expectations. And I'm like, my word, clutches pearls. Let's talk <laughs> to someone who knows. How do you feel about that? Yeah, sounds great. All right, let's do it, Meryl. And now it's time to ask our expert. Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Today, we have Michelle Norwood, New Orleans-based wedding planner and designer, and we are excited to have Michelle help Meryl hold the perfect Southern wedding. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Fallon. Hi, Meryl. Hi. How are (laughs) (laughs) y'all? Just leaning into it. So Meryl has her own family tea that she's working through. So we're going to help her with her wedding tea. And that means Southern traditions, Southern expectations. And I think just navigating planning a wedding in New Orleans turned out to be a different beast than what she was expecting. Michelle. Yes. Your couples that are coming outside, let's say they're coming outside of New Orleans, What are some of the things that they don't expect to happen? Everything. New Orleans is a completely different market than anywhere else in the world. Size limitations, chair counts, permits, restrictions, tax, gratuity, service charges. Like there are so many ADA. There are so many things here in New Orleans that kind of don't exist anywhere else. So A Mm -hmm. lot of things need to be considered. So if you're coming here, I exclusively work with destination couples. So if you're coming here for a plant for a wedding or any event, you need to hire a planner, in my opinion. But (laughs) Meryl's going to do it on her own. I'm a rallying through girl. (laughs) (laughs) And Meryl, you have a month of coordinator, right? 
I do. Yes. I have a month of coordinator and uh, I've lived in New Orleans my whole life, been to a lot of New Orleans weddings. So I do know kind of the market. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm not a total stranger, but there is a lot, a lot that my friends who get married elsewhere say, oh, you know, this is my checklist. You can just reuse it. And no, Mm. no, you can't. (laughs) Mm -mm. What was what are some of the things that you ran into throughout your planning process? I think the first thing, and we talked about it a little before, was uh, sit-down dinners don't really happen mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. N- native New Orleanians. Uh, you don't have that. And so all of these seating charts and everything, everyone's like, oh, that's the worst part of planning a wedding. I was like, oh, well, I don't oh. have to do that. Nope. No assigned yeah. seats. You know, just sit where you want. So, yeah, really? you know, I'd, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's called a cocktail style wedding. So we turn cocktail hour into the whole reception. So we only yeah. seat 60% of guests. Everyone else, it's like, fine, you're not assigned a seat. It's a, it's like it's a huge adventure. adventure. Yeah, it's like, go to the bar, go get some food, go to the dance floor, hang out. Okay. So it so I guess that's a pro tip for anyone planning a cocktail style reception. You say give seating for about 60%. Is that normal? 60%. That is normal. Okay. All right, cool. And what are some other traditions, Meryl, that you ran into? Yeah, so I think the next biggest one would be the second line. So second lines are, I think, pretty much uniquely New Orleans. And it's a a tradition where you have a brass band uh, accompany the bride and groom either before – before the reception from the ceremony to the reception or after the reception and you kind of parade around a couple blocks and there are handkerchiefs and umbrellas and brass music and everybody having a good time um but it requires a lot not only do you need a band you also need these handkerchiefs which are usually designed special for the couple you need these special decorated umbrellas for the bride and groom. You need mm. a permit from the city because mm. you shut down the street. So you have to get a whole permit. And then you have to special hire police officers individually contracted for your wedding. Yes. Yes. But no one wants to do anything until the week out. <laughs> oh, Michelle. How That's does, not How true. does that work? <laughs> <laughs> It's not a week out. I mean, listen, New Orleans is definitely, New Orleans is definitely, it's it's who you know, sometimes not really Mm. what you know. So like I have an event in September and I've already done all of my permits for that event, but that's because I could just go to the office and bring the ladies some cupcakes and like, they'll get it done for me. So uh, I agree with you that if you are a non-New Orleans native, that they're going to tell you they want to do it. They don't want to do it more than 30 days out. And that's because um, we don't have that many police who are willing to do second lines because they happen so much. So then if you can't get a New Orleans <laughs> police officer, then you can go often? outside. It does. Oh, you yeah. can go outside of the parish and hire deputies from another parish, but sometimes they don't want to do it and they cost triple of what an Orleans parish police mm. officer would cost. So yeah, just logistics here. Like if you know, you know, so like I can pick up the phone and call the officer and be like, Hey, I'll be there. Well, I, I got something special for you. I think that loops into another question that you had Meryl about how to keep in touch with vendors and stay organized during, cause you, during a long engagement, you, cause you planned your wedding 
with 20 in 20 well not in 20 months it took you 20 months to plan your wedding and you're still getting some things done so Michelle what I'm hearing from you it's kind of like it feels like island time a bit like working in a place like this where people aren't really going to focus on it until really close um, to the event date or what do you what do you but you also rentals you got to get those booked before they go out because there's so many companies what's it like working in a place like New Orleans so for New Orleans, things are very specific. So if you're having a guest count of 250 and you're going for a seated dinner or you're having ceremony and reception separate, then yes, a rental company, you would want to book your chairs out because we don't have that many chair options or then you're bringing in stuff from Nashville or Houston to bring in your rentals. So you do want to take care of some things that are pressing rather quickly, like booking your venue, mm. because it's it's a dog eat dog world here. Like if you mm. people are already booking for 2025. So like you want to secure your venue. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's 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 crunch time here. It's always and New Orleans is also very much so we have so many festivals that take a lot mm. of priority. So when a client when a vendor may not be responding to you, it doesn't yeah, they are kind of essentially ignoring you, but they're ignoring you because we're in festival <laughs> season. Like Essence is in two weeks. So people are in production for Essence and there are all of these things that are always happening in New Orleans. Mm. So it's like once you're booked, like let it be, you, they have you on their calendar and they'll, they'll, we'll, we will always circle back to you, but it's just always so busy Something. here. There's a conference for the sake of a conference here. So it's just the nature of the beast. And it is very much so like island time. Like the minute you get a break, no offense, Meryl, but you you don't want to like the first thing you're not going to do is pick up the phone and be like, let me take care of Meryl. So it's like here things are just very much so at a slower pace, but we are always busy for some reason. Mm. And just jumping back to a second line. So how much does a second line cost? So the band, it could be anywhere, depending on how you want it, because there are levels. So if you just want a band, it's eight fifty to a thousand, depending on the band that you choose. But if you want a grand marshal, that could be an extra five hundred. If you want to add Indians, that's extra. You want to add tramps, that's extra. So it's like the level of second line what? that you want. <laughs> it's like, it's a, wait, did a you Zulu tramps? tramp? Yes, oh, yes, okay. yes. It's so confusing. Tramp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so, so then once you figure out that process, that could be anywhere from $800 to $2,500 just to have the event. Now you want to what we call take it to the streets. So then your permit process is um, 100 and let's say 110. And then your SOP, which is your special officer patrol unit that you're going to hire. They are anywhere from depending on the street that you choose, the time of day that you choose, it could be anywhere from $485 to $900. And then if you have to go outside Mm. the parish to hire police officers, it could be 12, 1500. Yeah. So it just depends. How early do you need to get a second line organ? Meryl, when did you start your second line process? So I booked my band over a year in advance because if you want a good band, there are Mm. tons of brides that want the same band all the time. Mm -hmm. And so you got to book that band early if you want a good band. Um, So I knew what band I wanted, booked my band. Who'd you book? Kenfo. Oh, of course. They're doing my party tonight. They're the best. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. But yeah, so I booked them a year in advance and then kind of knew that I was going to wait a little while to do Mm. permit and police. Um, So So you don't have to book it all in the same instance. You can give it some breath. 
Yeah, and some bands will also manage the permit and the mm-hmm. escort for you, but they'll oh, I would charge you to, to manage oh, okay. it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. yes, book that. Give me the full Monty. I want the whole thing. I don't want to do nothing, but yes. Okay, so Meryl, yeah. you did each set thing separately. Michelle, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's, it's a very wise decision if you're planning your own wedding to have the band do it. That way they control the route. They control what time the police are going to be there. They're signing off on the police officer's ride order. So like you, if you're planning it yourself, you don't want to run out and sign a police officer ride order. Just let the band handle it. Oh, because that's another step that she'll have to do at the end of the night or at the beginning. No, before they they start, she has to sign off. Yeah. Uh, Well, her wedding, your wedding coordinator will do that, right, Meryl? Yes, my wedding coordinator will do that. Amen, sister, because I was like, I don't like seeing girls sign anything on their wedding days or anybody (laughs) that's getting married sign anything. I was like, signing? What? No, he signs anything. (laughs) Okay, so talk to me now about a house party. You haven't, yeah. you're having a house party? What ha- I don't, a house party? So I don't know. This is, <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing it. I don't know. At this point, I don't want to have a wedding party at all. Like you said, family, that part. But, mm-hmm, yeah. You heard it but here I, first, guys. You heard it here first. Yes, I agree with Fallon. <laughs> I know. Let me you tell you, there are things I would do enough. different. <laughs> Honey, I will be your witness. I will sign all the documents you need. <laughs> Michelle will be there too to sign. Um, so what about this house party? <laughs> so the house party is basically people that aren't your bridesmaids, but they're still distinguished in some way. Hmm. So a lot of the times it's your sorority sisters. You know, you're not going to make your whole pledge class a bridesmaid but you'll have them as part of your house party. So they'll sit, you know, closer to the front, maybe wear a certain color um, Mm -hmm. and be listed in a program if you have them. Kind of leaning towards forget it. It's too much drama and too much coordination, but I don't Mm -hmm. want people to think that I don't have that respect for those people or that I, you know, that I'm not including them in my day. Is there a way to, is there another way to show respect over than having to host something for them? Michelle, well, you aren't hosting them. They're just no. It's oh. the day of the wedding. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the day of the wedding. Um, I mean, there's we, a house party on the day of the wedding. No, 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 no. She, it, the house party isn't house a house party. party. It's like the house party of people, but they oh. they're not your bridesmaids. They're just like your closest friends. Yeah, you were you were missing I, it. <laughs> I literally was going. I was like, how do we have time to throw a whole other party before we? I literally was thinking like kid and play, like a real house party. I was like, I don't no, understand no, where. No. Okay, cool. So I mean, it sounds fun, but <laughs> it does. I was like, this sounds no, exciting. This isn't fun. It isn't fun for her because it depends on how far you're going to go with your house party. Are you doing hair and makeup for them? Uh, no, there's not enough time in okay. the day. All right. Okay. In that case, it's just like, do you have ushers at your wedding? My brothers. How many? Two. In correlation to how many people are in your house party plus your family? If I pull the trigger on the house party. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. It's just, it's basically the equivalent of ushers, but for the girl. Fallon. Yeah, if that no, makes I sense. get it. Yeah, I get no, it. I was just trying to explain. Oh, to you Fallon. mean for Fallon? Oh, because yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like loading, loading, copy. <laughs> mm. okay. Um, I mean, if you, 
if you have ushers and you assign a time, this is what I do. I assign a time for the house party to show up. And then they show up before guests. They know where their seats are. They take their seats. Like, but I wouldn't, and I mean, this is something your coordinator would handle, but personally, you personally, I wouldn't put that much energy into it because it it's stressful. I mean, especially how many girls do you have? Is it like 14? Uh, like 11. Yeah, that's going to be mm. a lot. I would just say, let your let your ushers do it and tell them what time to arrive at the ceremony to take their seats. And just give them the information and move on from it and then give it to your coordinator so that she's just aware of it. So she's not telling them to move out of those seats for family or special guests. And just this is who you are. You can put it in the program, but I mean, your program is going to be long. Yeah. I would give, I would give it up. I would give up on the program and just tell them to arrive early and let them fight it out during your bouquet toss. <laughs> Are you doing a bouquet toss? I'm definitely not doing a garter toss. Yeah. Love. Thank you. Southern. Yeah. <laughs> no. Southern, but a bouquet toss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Are you doing cake pulls? I am I'm doing sorry. cake I'm, pulls. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm skipping ahead. No, I, this is what this is what we need you. What is a cake pull? <laughs> it's a tradition. It's a very southern tradition. It's it could be seven, ten, or eleven pulls in the cake. It's typically one per um, bridesmaid, and then they pull. Whoever gets the ring is the one to get married next. But each pull has a meaning, and so like ones like oh, if you get um, a football, you're gonna marry a football player, or like things like that. Each pull has a different meaning. So you put the cake pulls in the cake. So they go like the in the base of, of the cake. In the base of the cake, they have strings on them, or you can do pearls. And then it's just a photo of the girl standing around pulling the pearls on the cake, and it's it's it tells them their future essentially. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. It's right, one so, of those things that I felt like I had to do. Yeah, it's very much so. I have to do. You don't really? have to, but it's very southern to do. She would be honoring southern tradition. All right, I want to talk about that real quick. Because I'm like, there's part of me that's like, y'all ain't paying my bills. <laughs> and y'all are like, paying the bill. <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. So yeah, part of me is sometimes anti when it, I'm not anti-tradition because I think I'm extremely a traditionalist, but there are some times that I feel like things are just overly stressful and overly complicated. In a, in a space like this, Michelle, how do you discern from what do you go into tradition on? And then what do you kind of let fall to the side? And that might give Meryl a little oh, breathing room. <laughs> it, it's going to depend on your good old Southern mother. Her uh, <laughs> mother-in-law. How, how, how oh. and be like Emily Post is law to some of these moms. And like, it's their, their way of thinking there. This is like their, it's your wedding, but it's their chance to show their friends. It's a very Southern mm. thing. So like you can't, some of this stuff, especially if mom's footing the bill, like the invitations are going to be a certain way. You have to do the groom's cake. You have, she knows, look at her face. It's a, <laughs> it's a thing. And I, I work with a lot of Southern moms. So I know when to let go and say, you know what? It is your wedding, ma'am. Yes. We're going to do whatever you sure. want. Your daughter will be we're happy. Gonna do, we're going to do it. All right. We're going to do it. All right. So cake pulls it is, girl. Make your list. <laughs> I'll send you a, well, your planner has a cheat, your, your coordinator has a cheat sheet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, where is your, where is your wedding? Um, Immaculate Conception. 
Jesuit oh, church lovely. on their own. Yes, uh-huh. it's where Eric's parents got married and okay. where his dad's funeral was. So that was oh. really important to my mother-in-law. Yeah. I just wanted to do like a Catholic walk down the aisle, get the blessing and leave. She Are you done really, a full mass? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, communion? Yeah. Oh, okay. I like a long ceremony. But it's not really a ceremony. It's like no, it's just it's a mass. mass. Yeah, it's like, mass. We don't even get to say our own vows. Yeah. You know? Oh. And the church ladies, God, God love them. They run your whole thing. They are so in Immaculate Conception. No, no shade to Immaculate Conception. Anybody listening, but you can't have flowers down the aisle. Your your flower girls can't toss petals. Like they have so many rules. And yes. And then it's like more. It's more so their event, you just get to say you got married there. So it's the Catholic churches here are, are strict. Yeah. Catholic strict. church everywhere is strict. They're all, <laughs> I feel like I think stricter. Uh, uh, probably because they want to hold up their level of tradition. But where's the reception? The Capitol on Barone. Oh, nice. Lovely. Yeah. So you're doing kind of a great side. wedding. Yes, yes. It was really important to me to be able to second line from the ceremony to the reception. So, nice. you know, it kind of limited my options a good bit. And Yeah, you going right down the street. Yep. <laughs> Two doors down. <laughs> We're circling the block. <laughs> I want to jump in really quickly. And, and Michelle, I'd love your feedback too. Is there a world in which you could just like list out all the traditions that are necessary and then kind of have conversations about the ones that these are the ones that have to get done. And then these are the ones maybe we can let fall away or they're not as important, but also highlight the things that are super important to the both of you. Cause you just mentioned you can't give your own vows in, in the church. Is, is it possible for you to have like a micro ceremony? Well, I take it. You probably aren't going to do a first look then. We oh we are doing a first look. I won that battle. My fiance was so against okay. it. No, I won that battle. We are doing a first All look, right. and we're gonna. I think we're gonna do a private vow reading at our first that, look. Love. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was like, have a moment. But Michelle, what do you yeah. think? I, again, it's it's the Southern values, the Southern traditional way to do yeah. things, and and it's how much fight do you have in you, and how many things mm. do you just let go. So it's like. Sometimes the moms just always win and you get the okay. groom cake, even though you don't want it. <laughs> I do not want a groom's cake. And I my, know you do. Eric doesn't even like cake. <laughs> he doesn't like cake. Well, she's got some uh, other tea going on with her wedding party that I think she might let some of these things fall by the wayside. So we've already mm-hmm. battled that the house party is just going to be like, tell them, tell your house party to show up and find their seats. Love you. Second line. We understand permitting is a thing, but, Kids who are listening, permits are yuck. Get ahead of them. Ask all the questions you can of your vendors in advance and ask about anything regarding a permit if it's required. Because sometimes venues do need permits for you to build things in them. So all mm-hmm. per- ask about permits for any vendor that you got, you can think of if you want to get ahead of it, especially if you're doing this yourself. Try and find someone who can help you that knows exactly the questions and way to do this. That's it for this week's episode of Betches Brides. Meryl, where can people follow along? Yeah, you can check out my Instagram at epidemiologically blonde. It's E P I D E M I O L O G I C A L L Y 
blonde. What, Copy. ma'am? <laughs> That's all my friends. I was trying to keep up. I, I was, I literally, I, and we're out, girl. Michelle, where can people follow you? For my business, Michelle Norwood Events. And if you want to get me to know personally, Michelle Norwood Living, both on Instagram and TikTok. Love. All right. Follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. You can follow me at Fallon Carter Events. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death, do us part. Betches.